The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to behind, oh, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Motto, Paul Michael Bolin, and apparently I'm not up to date on even when we are in the show, so cut me some <laughs> slack here, huh? I, I, I didn't find it funny uh, at all. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, not, not at all. Yeah, hello, people. So what are we talking about today? Um, assholes in Hollywood, because I've just been asked, I'd like to remind everyone before we continue, every time we use bad language on behind the scenes, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA, and that is matched by Voice America itself. So remember, every time Paul and I lose our temper or say something crude, we're doing it for the children. Lex is going to kill you. She has to count all that. (laughs) I didn't even say twat waffle. Okay. <laughs> no. So we were talking about before we started, we actually started talking about Chevy, uh, Chevy Chase, and I got on John Ritter. I met him um, – we, we're just going to jump into this. I met him when he was doing Eight Simple Rules, and I met mm-hmm. him uh, with – I met him, I met Kaylee. Like, I, I dealt with uh, the people there. Um, and she was really, really nice, really cool chick. But he was the nice, I think, one of the nicest people I ever met. Um, yeah, how the hell did he make it in Hollywood? I know, right? There, but there, there are a few of them. And then you hear about the real, real shitheads. And the reason this started is I had a bunch of people writing in because they'd had some celebrity encounters. They'd gone to uh, San Diego Comic-Con and some people were real bastards. And I constantly say on the show, the easiest way to keep working on Hollywood is to be really nice and really easy to work with. Because then you get hired again and again and again. And but so don't I've be a had pushover. Don't yeah, be a pushover. Don't be a pushover, yeah. But, but you know, be Because they will push to, you over. And, yeah. yeah. But, but be willing to it's work and be nice. Um, and so I had people writing in, well, then how do, how do these assholes make it? I'm like, they're not assholes before they make it. They're assholes once they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a, uh, a somewhat well-known actor, and uh, I was told, told by this person that uh, he, because I found out that, that this person had a relationship with this actor, and he uh, said that, yeah, well, my son was mercilessly bullied and pummeled when he was a kid now did he, he meet christian get, bale now he wants to get even mm. so that's why he's acting the way he is and uh that was i was talking about chris Catan, and i was talking to his father yeah that's not uh... and i was just the guy running a register at tower video that's it I really hadn't even set foot in the industry yet. I was just working at just, That's it. I See, I've met some of this, like, childhood, 
like child celebrities turn into real shits because they're entitled from the time that they're little. Um, and then, then, there guy, then there are people like uh, the Malcolm in the Middle kid. Yeah. You know, nicest kid. I still, still, you know, I've yeah. had, I had some friends worked on an, uh, um, uh, a B movie that he was starting a while back. And he just said, yeah, nice guy. Yeah. Well, he's also, he wasn't stuck on his own fame then, and he's quite aware he's not, you know, it, it's more of a he used to be famous situation. It's not like Amanda wow. Bynes, who hasn't figured out she's no longer famous. Who? I'm uh, sorry, say that Some chick name. her name was Amanda Bynes. Oh, that's a different situation. Her, she had, that was a mental health situation. Well, yes, but a lot of, like, uh, childhood celebrities don't realize they're not famous anymore. Yeah. You know. And they, they don't realize that. And I think he's one of them that kind of, he knows he's not at like Malcolm in the middle fame anymore. You but know, he's something everybody has to remember. Carrie Fisher said before she was talking about her, uh, her mother and father. And when she was starting to realize uh, that, you know, when she came, when she was a young kid and she was starting to realize how the house was, she was basically watching fame and decline. You know, she said, fame is just anonymity waiting to happen. Yeah. Well, and and that's it. So you can be famous for a hot mm -hmm. minute or it's you like can be well known for Reynolds a hot minute. Most famous days were behind her by the time she, Carrie came into the world. Debbie Reynolds was kind of a dick, though. Um, she was a great I, mother, though. She was fantastic in mother, though. The Albert Brooks movie. Um... You know, I, I I knew and know someone that was married to, um, uh, well, it, it, I'm not going into that. That's that's a personal story that I don't have permission to share. But I've heard some <laughs> really, really freaking psycho stories about her. Um, so, and, and her ex-husband. So, it, it's, it's, okay, moving on. It's, it's one of those, <laughs> I'd love to share the story and I share a lot of stuff on this. But I'll never, you know, I'll, I'll never break yeah, the confidence. Uh, and that, and that, for those that, that, that want... The personal story, so yeah. We'll yeah, just we'll that, pass that one by. It's fine. Yeah, well, well, and that's something actually I think people who want to get into the entertainment industry should know. Um, there are a lot of stories you can tell, but if you know something and you know it in confidence or you know it because it was personally shared, don't share those things. Part of the uh, something that will keep you working is people knowing they can trust you. So Paul and I spill a lot on radio shows, but I know I know Paul would never, um, and I do my damn just not to. You just don't break confidences. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was a confidence set between me and Mr. Catan. So there was yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, but that, that's and if it, even if it was or it was something you said to me, it still wouldn't go on air. So it's a very. People are very. That that's yeah. just really important. That that's more important than I can even stress to you guys. Um, you know, then oh, on the flip side, I had someone write in. I guess they'd met Justin Bieber, and when he was doing his spitting on his fans thing, which is not smart, not 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 smart. I don't think he realizes he's not as famous as he was. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I like that. In the background, doo, 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 like his. I, I. I think he just doesn't realize he's not. Like once upon a time, he's still Bieber famous, isn't he? Yeah, not compared to what he was when he was like dating Selena Gomez. Right. 
Well, yeah, but it's like marry into the Baldwin family. So, well, I mean, yeah, but unless it's Alec, that's not really a big step forward. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty, you know, he didn't marry Alec Baldwin. He should have married his daughter. No, it wasn't Alec Baldwin's daughter. It's Billy Baldwin's. Uh, I no, I think I, I think it was Stephen. Yeah, it was St- it was Stephen Baldwin's. Oh, huh. the weird the weird religious one. Um, so he didn't even get a good bald one. He's actually my favorite bald one. I liked, uh, I liked Stephen, was it Stephen Baldwin? Which was the one in, in, uh, Backdraft? That was Billy Baldwin. Yeah, that was William Baldwin. Yeah, I liked, I liked him. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. The bald ones keep breeding. Um, so, so Bieber was a problem. We were talking about Chevy Chase, who's like a known asshole. Mm. That's not... Um, yeah, he's probably never coming on the show, so we can probably say that. We can say... Well, we could... I don't know anyone that's worked with him that likes him. No, I remember his uh, Friars Club roast? He uh, only had one friend from his past uh, roast. That, Just that, one. The, the, well, that Beverly, means you're not keeping friends very well. Exactly, and it was Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah. I just... I don't know. He's. I've never heard... I've. I've never heard good fan Uh, stories mm -hmm. now on the flip side i've heard good stories from executives i've heard good stories from directors i've heard a lot of people say you know he'll 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 hit it in one take um or you know like good good professionally but he is so difficult with the other crew that it's not worth it even the experience isn't worth it community dust up where he made the creator quit and then he quit but then the creator came back and da 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 uh but yeah, when when I say that none of so the people who roasted them were like the professional roasters. Yeah, they, the could, they couldn't get see it. every one of those things. Then you find then you find the people on the flip side, like mm-hmm. Pam Anderson, one of the nicest human beings on the planet, and oh, she completely. yeah, and she's such an asshole. Like, hear me out here. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She's nice. She helps everyone. She saves animals. She makes everyone else look like crap. I really like her, but damn. That makes it worse. Yeah, like, uh, uh, she was like, she's I really with her nice. I worked a few years ago, and I, I think she was one of the sweetest woman, women you'll ever meet. Oh my god! I when I took my grandma um, over to Stacked, God rest. Yeah, I, I miss my grandma. Loved my grandma. Um, mm. I have one that's alive, one that passed. This was the one that passed. It was a little bit before she passed, and she loved Christopher Lloyd. So I took her over to see Chris and to me, you know, um, cause that's who she wanted to meet. And mm. she goes over and she's excited and she's yelling, Oh my God, it's Ignatowski. She had no idea who Pam was. She looked at Pam, asked Pam to take a photo of her with Chris, then asked Pam for a cup of coffee, then told <laughs> Pam that her granddaughter's a, you know, a, a producer and that Pam's gorgeous and she could maybe get her a job. Oh, I'm horrified. Tell I'm, me thinking, Pam was I am getting fucking off. fired. And Pam didn't, actually, Pam didn't crack a smile, didn't make a face. She looked at my grandma and said, thank you. I went to say something to my grandma, and Pam grabbed me, and she said, please don't. You'll just embarrass her and I. You'll just embarrass both of us. Aww. Don't do that. She's like, she doesn't know. If she was a 13-year-old boy, she might just made a joke. If she was a 13-year-old boy, I might be offended. She's like, yeah. but she's having a good time. Come on, well, I'm a, we'll show her around set. And Pam took pe- my grandma around set. And I know people want to hack on her. Like, the set I was on uh, was reshoots for another movie. It'll remain nameless just because the, the people involved with it suck. Uh, not Pam. Uh, no, but she's she, lovely. Uh, she had to, she just uh, 
took a phone call and abruptly left the set. And I was going around and what was go- circulating around the crew initially was that, oh, she's egomaniac. She ran away. No, it turned out. It turned out her son broke a bone uh, farting around on a skateboard. I'm so, not. Yeah. So and that was what we were. Then later, that's what we found out. Well, then I think the next day when we came back, and I didn't mind. I got an extra day of work out. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I'll believe a lot of things, but I'm not going to believe Pam's an asshole. I've had, I've, I've had a lot of experience with her on, um, on Stacked. I was there a fair amount and on a couple of other projects she was on. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with her on some charity stuff. She is one of the coolest people I've, I've ever met. Another one that goes in that category, she's not big anymore, but she was from Three's Company, Jenny Lee Harrison. I've worked on a bunch of charity stuff with her. Oh, um, oh, 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 the 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 second replace the first replacement block. First right? replacement, yep. Okay. And uh, she and Terry. Ah, I, I don't know her, but I can tell you, Jenny Lee. She was on this show way back when. Um, right. I've I've done a bunch of charity stuff with her. She completely pulled out when her mum got sick, and mm-hmm. started taking care of her. But I mean, she was like a Rams cheerleader. And did all of this stuff. She'll come in and like she won't make a big fuss. She's come in and helped coaching like Pop Warner cheerleading. She'll go out and do whatever she can. If there's a charity event, she'll give away her own personal memorabilia to raise money. No, no, um, that, that's she, good. And it looks like uh, we're going to break. So hold that okay. thought. Guys, when we come back, we'll be, we were supposed to be talking about mean celebrities. Instead, we end up talking about Pam, who's a nice one. So when hey. we come back, we'll go back to talking shit. I'm right. Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. And we'll be right back after this. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. And this time it is Welcome Back, not Welcome To. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. And we were talking, we were supposed to be talking about uh, celebrities everyone loves to hate. And then Paul and I started talking about Pam, who's like the nicest person in the world. So we will get this back on track. Right, Paul? Mm, sure. You we're going to fuck this up. Um, I'd like to remind everyone, every time we swear, we are swearing for charity. We are doing this for the children. We give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA, and it is matched by Itchy. Voice America. So I do want to shout that out and say we're doing it for charity because Paul and I are really secretly good people. Cumberbatch, how, how is that swear? So... I've got to tell you, my assistant, yeah. Alexis, who we talk about, she's the dominatrix in a spare time, the assistant that frightens me. Um, uh. She counts all the swear words after this, and Paul will throw in weird words. Like, he'll say moist, apparently today mm-hmm. it's cumberbatch. So she's counting mm-hmm. swear words, and then he'll throw in extra words. So she has to go back and do it. She gets pissed. She's <laughs> hysterical. Yeah, well, um, I mean, she's I, nowhere near me, so. Yeah. She's not near. I'm the one that suffers, Paul. Um, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Adrian Alcantire Hair Studios. Thank you for always making me look red carpet ready. Uh, off-road rentals in Palm Springs, California. Guys, if by the end of it you can give me your worst celebrity encounter, we'll give you a free ATV ride at off-road rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a, fl- a free float at True Rest, Sedona, or Las Vegas. And Beck, we'll know uh, if you're making it up. We will. It's true because <laughs> everyone knows who's nice and who's not. It's we're like Santa Claus in Hollywood. We know. Um, Bikram Yoga in Palm Springs. I want to say thank you guys. You're really, really helping me. I, I love doing yoga there and I hate moving and that really helps. The new Palm Springs Diet by our favorite doctor, Dr. Russ. Straight under your tongue, get skinny. We actually, a lot of fighters I know are using it now. And have used it, so they're using that to prep for fights. We actually are going to be talking about fighting on the show today. Um, The Graduate Tempe Hotel, Four Paws Coffee. The Tangerine Hotel in um, Burbank. Thank you for saving our ass. And UFC Gyms, which uh, I love the UFC stuff. Um, our very, very special, very, we're going to have a wonderful guest on today, mm. uh, a gent from Camo, which is a fight place. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of information on him. But to all the people on uh, Twitter, we're going to get right back into who's nice and who's not, which mm. is supposed to be a thing, apparently. Paul, what was your worst celebrity encounter that you're allowed to talk about? I have bad ones. I just can't talk about mm. it. Uh, well, it involved a, uh, a comedian who, well, I wish we, uh, Basically, it was I, I was just a background extra, and that's basically people in the crowd. Although it was one of those calls where it was like they needed uh, forty-eight police officers and two criminals. And okay, which part do you think I was playing? My money's so, on you, the bad guy, you, the robber. Yeah, yeah, but it was just a police station scene. Scene, uh, and the. Uh, this was on the, I think it's the uh, Sony or the Warner lot, the one that's got all the basketball uh, nets all over the place. Warner. And Warner. Okay. I was outside playing, I was outside smoking a cigarette, and there was this little kid who was shooting hoops, and it was kind of getting him there. And the ball came over to me. It, you know, it ricocheted and came over to me, and I gave him a bounce pass that 
uh, kind of, you know, just put it right in his hands, hands, and he caught it, thankfully. Thankfully. Uh, and he asked me if I wanted to play, and I'm saying, nah, nah I'm, I'm good, good. And the celebrity stuck his head out of his trailer, screamed at the little kid. The little kid came over to the trailer, and he yelled, you don't have to fucking talk to those people. So, yeah, 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 one of those. So for those that don't know, I have, you know, I, I, I adopted a couple of kiddos. Um, and I do tell, I actually tell my kiddos, don't talk to, you know, everyone on set because I don't want them getting kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, don't talk to strangers. But right. we have, you know, they, they have people they talk to. They have crew members, cast members. You know, as long as people aren't working, they can play. They play with, mm-hmm. especially when there are extras and there are a bunch of kids or people right. to play with. And it's good I for them. approach him. The basketball yeah. approached me. But, but that's so, it. Like, just, why would you teach your kid person, that, you, you stupid shit? You, 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 if the ball comes over, you give it back to him, you know? Like, yeah, I think yeah. the kid was like nine years old. I'm not going to sit there and challenge him the one-on-one because he'd probably yeah, embarrass you me. Just, but, well, that, that's it. But you don't have to talk to those people? Mm-hmm. What a... Oh, that's not nice. Yeah, no. And, I mean, I was with, like, three people who looked like cops. <laughs> you know? It's like, uh, the kid was well-protected, you know? That's yeah. You know, I just don't approach random kids on the street. That just it. That's not. That will never end well. It's still. It's still a bit different on set though, because you are like yeah. I, I it's have a safe, people. It's a that's a, that should be a safe environment unless uh, from, it's a Weinstein's. I've always seen it as a, yeah. Unless it's Weinstein's. By the way, if you get a chance, check out Weinstein's. Uh, it's trending right now. It's a bit they did on Weinstein and Family Guy where he. It's uh it's uh, Despicable Me three, and they yeah. Uh, we find out how the minions got their own movie. Exactly, it's how they got their own movie. They replaced <sighs> um, Gru with Weinstein, and Weinstein just looks at uh, the minion, and he turns around and he says, uh, "You like to work for bad guys, huh?" He's standing there in a bathrobe. He said, "You know what you have to do," and the minion's just shaking, sitting on a chair, and goes, "Banana." Mm-hmm. He looks terrified. As he should be, and <laughs> the scary. Th- Scary thing is, is that I, uh, I, ha, huh, okay. There's a Weinstein parody porn out there. Please tell me you didn't play Weinstein. No, no, God. no, 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 no. I You're actually, gonna get the, guy a time out three, the guy who beat me three years in a row did. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> Did my category. Sorry. And oddly enough, it started two of the girls that we had at one of the adult cons, mm-hmm. uh, Remember when we had like about six or seven? Yeah. Seven, yeah. Two of them wound up in it. I, I don't even of, think they should be doing yeah, that. Yeah, one yeah. of which we interviewed on the show for the uh, the girl who did Fuck It. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just, why, it's such a sleazeball thing. I wish I could say it's uncommon. It's not. Like, I, shitty people are one thing, sleazy people are another. I'm used to most of the sets I've been on, at least in my life, when, you know, if there are kids on set, everyone's really nice. It's not, I just haven't been on a lot of bad sets. But then again, I haven't had to work with like Ariana Grande. I know a lot of people that have, and they say she's a real see you next Tuesday. Hmm. Uh, no, I haven't had any experience, but I probably couldn't name like three of her songs. Hell, I don't even know if I can name one of her songs. 
Well, she's, from what I hear, she's a total monster. Bieber, of course, is a monster. The one that surprised me was Rihanna. That's getting, that's starting. She used to have such a good reputation with everyone. Like, she was really chill. She was, you know, really easy to work with. Now she's starting to kind of get the the uh, diva reputation. The one that doesn't surprise me is Beyonce. Everyone says Beyonce was really awful. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm secretly upset that Paramount sold off all the Marvel stuff to Disney, even though a little bit of me died. Mm. The, which, and Paramount, come on, guys. Like, we're going to get bored if you keep this crap up. Stop it. Yeah, or Disney's going to own everything. I'd like to remind everyone, Paramount belongs to Viacom. We'd like to stay there. (laughs) I don't want to work for Disney. Um, But I I heard horror stories about people working with her on The Lion King. And she's incredibly popular. I know everyone loves Beyonce. But they've changed it. You know, they refer to her as like Queen Bay. Well, they were calling her Queen Bee. Um, Uh, She was uh, Okay, so the Bee can read different things? Oh, yeah. The B was, and it went from Queen B to Queen C. <laughs> so I'm, I was really surprised because I'd always heard nice things. I knew people that worked on like Dream Girls and different things she'd done in the early days, and she was really cool. And now I'm hearing stories of just kind of the the stuff you're talking about, like you don't have to talk to them, or I refuse to speak to you. Go find someone you know higher up, or just being nasty as shit to the PAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just you know, be careful of the toes you step on today. They might be connected to the ass you have to kiss tomorrow. So. Well, that's it. And, you know, I think Beyonce, uh, she's, and she's, this is now a secondhand comment, so I want to be clear. I didn't hear this, um, but the person that said it to me, I've, I've always known to be really reliable. And he said, you know, she feels she's now beyond touch. And... Yeah, mm-hmm. I really clean. I cleaned and shortened that up, but like a lot. Uh, I'm sure Paul knows, you know how how uh, blatant everyone usually says things. Mm, yeah, yeah. But apparently, you know, he feels that she just thinks she's uh, beyond touch now, and she's the biggest thing in the world. And she's start, you know, you don't get high on your own supply, and you don't buy your own hype. The minute you buy your own hype, you're done. Well, apparently she's yeah. not only buying her own hype, she's taken it as gospel and doesn't believe it's enough. And eventually her record sales are going to start to decline yep. and her crowds are going to start to decline and the opportunities that she's getting now are going to start to go away because that's, that's just what happens with, with age. Everybody. And you know? once that, but once that sinks, what keeps some of these people working and some of these old singers and some of these old actors well, they just got on with everyone, so if you li- they like you, it doesn't matter if you're up or down, they'll find a place for you. Mm. Well, she seems to be, uh, the term, he didn't use biting the hand that feeds you, he used pooping in the hand that feeds you. I'm really cleaning this up. <laughs> but uh, she, she pooped in the punch of everyone that fed her. Mm. I was like, well, yeah, well, yeah. She, she sold them. Uh, right now, she is... Really, really huge. So, you know, but, you know, fame is anonymity waiting to happen. I like that saying. Fame is anonymity waiting to happen. You can get famous Very, for five minutes, but good God. Carry, 
Gary Fisher. Got to give it. That's that's. I got to give credit to who said that. Carrie Fisher was lovely, but that's it. You've got people. You just you got people that are real shits in Hollywood, and you've got really nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the guy who works the gas station on the uh, you know uh, the one that's at the end of the road uh, on Fridays and Thursdays. He might be a dick too. But you know that being said, we got to go to break. We do. I, I'm going to say this before we go to break. Um, because we're going to be on with our very, very, very special guest, David Denkin, and we're going to be talking about uh, fighting and martial arts and all kinds of stuff in a sec. But I'm going to say this. The guy at the gas station may be a dick too, but in Hollywood, it's, uh, what is it? I always rely on the kindness of strangers. Well, in Hollywood, you always rely on your relationships, your friendships, and it's one thing to have conflict with one person, but if everyone says you're an asshole... You're not going to work, ever. Because mm-hmm. Hollywood's really small. Yes. And we've a yeah. long memory. And it's filled with memories and HPV. So that That's true. With, with, a long, with long memories and HPV, I like that. Guys, right. we'll be right Don't back break. after this. Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com if you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, and someone you all seem to like better than me, at least according to Twitter, mm-hmm. Paul Michael mm-hmm. Bolin. I still got to figure out how to use Twitter. I, you oh. really need to work on that because everyone asks me questions about you. Um, and we are on with our very, very special guest, David Denkin. i got to tell you guys, I've got a really long bio here, um, but I want to discuss a lot of this stuff. David has a history in boxing. His dad was um, an ex-Golden Glove uh, fighter. He, he, wow, his dad did a whole bunch of stuff. He did a whole bunch of stuff. His sister's done a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm just going to ask him a whole bunch of questions about this because if I read the bio, I'm going to ruin the story. G'day, David. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How are you doing? 
Great. And you are one of my favorite people. You're a police officer. Love cops. Uh, yeah. Some people gave me the nickname Mall Cop. <laughs> Mall Cop? I don't. I, I like cops. I, I think that's wonderful. Law enforcement is yeah. one of the best things I think a person can do. Um, but we also love martial arts and boxing and everything else here. So your dad, your dad was kind of your inspiration behind you guys getting involved um, on, on the martial arts end of things. He boxed. He taught you to box. Um, I'm, I'm looking at this. You were actually featured on a video called Great Performances by a Referee. So, guys, look that up. We'll put a link up there. That's really, really cool. Um, and your dad did was was a was a boxer and was in Rocky. Yeah, he was in the Rocky Three and Rocky Four as a referee. That's badass. Oh, nice. Yeah, I yeah, that's really, really cool. He uh, he was actually the referee in the last fight with Rocky and the Russian, where Rocky beats the Russian. Rocky Four. All right. Rocky Four. Yeah, Rocky Four, exactly. And he was Rocky Three referee. He used to kid around. He passed away since then, but he uh, he uh, was the only. He says the only referee to count Rocky out because in Rocky Three he gets knocked out by Mr. T, and he actually counts him out. And no referee does that in any of the Rockies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really yeah. cool. I like that. Yeah. Now you judge oh. um, boxing, sometimes kickboxing. Uh, but you do MMA and you're a camo supervisor. Can you tell everyone a little bit about camo and what this is? Because if I explain, yeah, it's going to be bad. In 2007, uh, it, it was just shortly after MMA became uh, legal because it used to be illegal and uh, cage fighting really? was being done underground and across the, the other countries. And one day California legalized it. And shortly thereafter, in 2007, we developed a organization to uh do the amateurs so that people could train fighting as an amateur before going pro and maybe getting picked up by people like bellator or ufc or uh, lights out and some of the bigger organizations lfa and to do that they now do time in the amateurs and become a better fighter where they actually fight for free because they're training um, and then they work their way to the pros where they make money that's really cool. Uh, one of the first questions, I just got a ding on, on Twitter. Hang on. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, are you guys televised? Yes, we do have shows that get televised. In fact, I'm doing a show on August the 3rd for a promotion called California Fight League, which is called CFL. And the former UFC fighter Joe Stevenson, along with fellow uh, co-owners with him, are going to be putting on MMA on uh, NBC. Very, very cool. Yeah. I like that. What is your favorite fight? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got a bunch of questions coming in on Twitter. Guys, chill. We'll get to some of them. Sorry. <laughs> we tweet as we go. Um, so do you think one of the first questions was, if MMA was illegal and bare knuckle is now uh, illegal, do you think bare knuckle will eventually become legal? Actually, bare knuckle has been legal because it's happening uh, in like Wisconsin and Indiana and different places like that. At and so and it's been sanctioned. So, in fact, a famous UFC fighter who works with us as a referee, Chris Liebman, uh, who used to be a UFC champion, is fighting bare knuckle on his three and zero. Oh, that's bad. Okay, I like that. 
I'm getting smarter. Now, whether it'll get into California, I don't know, but it's in some states. That's very, very cool. What was, now you've refereed, you've, you've, you've boxed, you've done all aspects of this. Um, what's your favorite side of it to be in? My favorite, I'm sorry? What's your favorite part of this to be in? Um, a referee. I love refereeing and being in the third man in the ring because that's where the action is. And when things go down, especially when I did that one that I gave you guys a link to, I was mm-hmm. on HBO pay-per-view with Jim Lampley and his other co-host. And I mean, I was being broadcasted and uh, I had a, a fighter kiss another fighter during a fight, which doesn't happen ever probably, except for when Mike Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. And that wasn't the truth a really was, kiss, I, became, oh. <laughs> I became pretty famous like Mills Lane after that. I like that. Now, um, your sister as well, I like this. I'm always pushing for women to step into new roles. Your sister is actually one of the only professional female fight officials in California. Yes, ma'am. She's one of a couple. I think she actually right now, I think she might be the only one because I think one left. But she's uh, a judge and she's judged in the UFC, Bellator and some of the you know bigger shows that people are familiar with. And yes, she is one of the only female uh, pro MMA officials that's out there. That's fantastic. So you come from a really badass family. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that's I'm like you. You come from a real badass family. What was um, your father's first name? On uh, my my dad's. Yeah. Was Mar- Martin Dinkin, Marty Dinkin. I'm Marty, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think I may very well have worked with him years ago on uh, the Will Smith Ali. I think he was. Oh a, yeah, he, uh, he, he was the, the commissioner, a color guy. Yeah, he put no, no, he wasn't a color guy, but he played the commissioner that did the weigh-in between uh, Will Smith and uh, whoever played Sonny Liston, and uh, was in charge of when they got on the scale. He was in the movie. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, nice guy. And I was just background on that one, so I wasn't anybody important. Huh. See, that's nice, awesome so i did nice so you, okay so paul nice your good memory good memory there <laughs> paul yeah, paul paul cheats he's worked with damn near everyone in entertainment he's uh oh, wow. he, wow. he uh if you if you remembered my dad for a small scene that he played then he's incredible because my dad had a yeah. little part there but he right, recalls but it that's that pretty awesome four days in a large very very cold ass arena warehouse in like <laughs> no, not even you know a warehouse up in freaking pomona i think that's exactly so, right. <laughs> so, you know, stuck in Paul's but, mind. But small in the movie, it took four flipping days because it was uh, Michael Mann. You guys were sitting there that for was... four days, Paul. <laughs> sitting? Eh, no. Okay, I beg your pardon. You weren't sitting. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's a rough day. That's rough. Yeah. Now, why why do you believe in camo? Why do you believe in this organization? I know there are a lot of uh, MMA organizations, and I, I got to tell you, one of the things we support with the show, there's a group called Free MMA. They do um, free MMA classes for and uh, you know martial arts, uh, taekwondo, boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, and they've got like Cub Swanson, Oscar De La Hoya, Anderson Silva. It's actually put together by Jared Fiorda. They they run this thing and it's for whoever can't afford classes because they all want everyone taking martial arts. So uh, every time we swear on this show, we give money to them, the Boys and Girls Club of America and um, uh, the uh, Humane Society. We had to actually put, start that because of Sean Patrick Flannerty 
he got on the show and managed to say the F word was, what was it, 72 times in like oh 15 minutes. So we decided um, if we're going to have, have a word goals. with you. Yeah, we had to do something good with it if we're going to work with entertainment people swearing all the time. Find a way to work it in naturally like it, yeah, that was but, a scary oh, part. He just yeah, didn't he was, off in a row. And he's, he's a jiu-jitsu fighter in his, in his spare time. Commissioner Gordon's a jiu-jitsu fighter. Um, he's wonderful. He's coming out to do some stuff actually at the gym. So we're uh, big supporters of martial arts and MMA. And I think Camo is a very important organization because I think it's a great way for people to get their foot in the door. Um, I've spoken to a couple of guys in Bellator that have actually come out of your organization. Um, so I'm going to ask you, rather than me say it, why do you think it's uh, organizations like Camo are important? Well, you know, I, the people you mentioned, I'm actually familiar with all of them. Um, I see, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, often, in fact, uh, I was in charge of the amateur portion of his first MMA show that he did at the forum. Um, oh, cool. I, uh, I, uh, know Cub Swanson very well. And, um, a lot of those other, uh, people that you mentioned, because they're very involved because they, they train young fighters who are going to be pro one day and they bring them to our sanctioned shows so that they can actually compete. Now what mm -hmm. makes it better or what makes it important, we protect everybody involved, the promoter, the fighter, the yeah. manager, the coach, the, the fans. We make sure everything is done so that nobody gets cheated, nobody gets hurt, because if you don't do it that way, you're going to places that are having unsanctioned events, um, maybe at the Indian reservations, which we cannot uh, force them to be sanctioned because they're a sovereign nation um, at their reservation, and they can do what they want. And But... They do things sometimes without doctors, without an ambulance. Maybe they, um, you know, make matches that are very unfair. And I'm not, like, accusing that, but we've had that is, happen. Is, we even this had where that I, is this where I cough and say gladiator under my breath? Um, just just, just yeah, they don't, Sorry. They, I can say <laughs> yeah, legally I, I, that I, gladiator doesn't do sanction events. Um, in that culture, and they kind of have a, like, a, yeah, just walk it off mentality. Yeah. I, I've been to your well, events. I, you guys treat your events like like pro events. Your your minor yes, stuff is, is treated like a pro event. It's really cool. Yes, yes. And then the thing I was going to mention was the most extreme incident, which wouldn't happen in Camel. We had on a reservation. There was a, a juvenile uh, who fought an adult. I think it was a six-year-old or fifteen-year-old fought a thirty-year-old. And are you fucking kidding? Me? Excuse my language. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. I'd like that's money to charity. I, I want to remind everyone. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Uh, it that's happened awful. in the. In fact, the juvenile was supposed to fight for USFL, which is a sanctioned pancreation organization for 17 and under, and he couldn't fight because he got his eye cut from the kick from a 30 year old who he actually beat, choking him out. Um, embarrassing for the 30 year old that he was choked out by a 15 year old, but. The point was they had a minor fighting an adult, and that was crossing the line. Uh, yeah, embarrassing for the league, having a minor fight an adult. That's ridiculous. Right. So, so USFL, Camo, CSAC, all of us, you know, we do what we can to prevent things like that. But, again, we have no authority on the reservations, and they can pretty much do whatever they want right now. Well, that's, yeah. And then you have a yeah. lot of unsanctioned MMA fights going on around um, Los Angeles and in the Valley mm -hmm. and all over the place. Mm -hmm. but, in the gyms, underground. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've seen people get pretty mangled at those. 
Right, and they have mm-hmm. no re- no no um, let's say no protection. Meaning, like, if you get injured at our fights, we'll take you to the hospital. We have an ambulance. The doctor will follow up. We make sure everybody's taken care of from a scratch to a cut eye. They get stitched at the event um, to a broken bone. I mean, they will be okay. I can't say that for unsanctioned events. You've also got decent refs in the ring that give a damn. Uh, Yeah, I would say the majority of our officials do a great job. I mean, some, we're not perfect, um, but I will say that we work with our officials and if there's mistakes making, we work on correcting them because we want our shows to be the greatest shows that fighters could say, oh man, I can't wait to go back and fight again. Now, I want to ask you a whole bunch more personal questions, but I know you're limited on time, so I want to really quickly get your social media uh-huh. out and Camo's social media out. So if we get cut short or something happens, I want okay. people to know okay. where to go to get this info. So where can sure. they go to get information on upcoming Camo fights and where can they follow you? If they go to www.camomma.org, that's www.camo mma.org they can see events that are coming up they can actually license to be a fighter we always love seeing new talent they can license to be a coach they can license to be an official um we are always taking people that want to become inspectors which are the people that help us that watch the fighters in the back room they get their hands wrapped they walk them to the cage they monitor the corners and then you got herb dean and john mccarthy who every maybe a couple times a year put on trainings for people to be certified as referee and judges. And when they do make it, they start with the amateurs with us before they go pro. Herb, De- Herb Dean's really, really cool. Um, He's awesome. The that's Now that's fantastic. I, I do want to give a piece of advice for the people coming in on Twitter saying, Oh, I want to give it a go. Uh, that doesn't mean if you just want to learn to fight, you go join a fight. That's not going to go well. You, you have to actually yes, train and do some stuff first. <laughs> please, please help me. <laughs> but if they go to a reservation, they're guaranteed to get one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't go to, don't go, <laughs> don't go to the reservations, go through camo and get some training first, guys. It's, it's not like, yeah, hey, I, I did this in the backyard with my brother and we watched this on TV. So I'm pretty sure I can do it now. And for the guy that said, I'll just throw a knee and knock someone out, it's not that easy. That was an awesome fight, but it's really not that easy. It isn't. I recommend that everybody finds a gym with uh, coaches because the talent that we have is very high caliber. Um, We don't have people just coming in there and doing tough man competitions. We do get a couple people that we could tell need more training, but when we witness a mismatch, we then do research and we will let that fighter know, hey, before you come back, we want to see some some information showing that you've done some type of training or background because we don't just put people in there to get beat up. Yeah, I did a tough man competition back when I was very young and stupid. Really? Uh, was, that for, was, that for, was that for FX? That, never doing that again. Was, was that the tough man on FX by, uh, what's his name? That well, guy that you see hell yeah? That was before it even became a thing. Uh, and in fact, oh, okay. Butterbean came out of that, the thing that I was in. You know, we're both from Michigan, but we got, re- okay. but like me and eight of my friends got recruited out of a bar. We, six of us said it was cool and I'm the only one dumb enough to get in the ring. Oh my um, God. So you did a street fight. Why am yeah. I not surprised? My, tra- my, my training was only what I saw in you. 
Now, granted, they padded you, us up. There were the, we did have padding, padding, and really over padded gloves. But uh, it still didn't stop this tiny little Filipino guy from kicking the living crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> not so. Not was that your plan. was that was that a victory or a loss? Oh, that was a big loss because uh, he knew what he was <laughs> okay. doing. Anyway, what is, I was close to 300 pounds then, and he was maybe 85 pounds up when holding a brick. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a mismatch. Yeah, he hit me about three, four, teen times for the bell staff bring. That reminds me of that. That reminds me of that Clint Eastwood movie where he goes out and he fights in parking lots. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was the monkey movie, or are you thinking of Hard Times with Charles Bronson? The one when he has the monkey and he travels around and yeah. beats at dirt lots and starts beating people up and wins money. Oh, mm -hmm. any which way you can and any which way but lose. Gotta love those things. That's yeah. That's yeah. that's a rough one. Well, what advice would you give to people that want to get into fighting? A lot of the questions we're getting are how do I get into this and how did you get into it? So they want to know how you got into it, not you, Paul. We just heard that you get a timeout. That was not clever. Um, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> uh -uh. you you get a timeout, so what but. What they, want what they can do, if they want to be a fighter, they can obviously, my only recommendation is to go to a local gym and tell them they want to do MMA, and they will start training them in all the different arts of uh, MMA, the jiu-jitsu, the stand-up boxing, and the kickboxing. Um, and then they can compete in camo because their coach will eventually give them opportunity. Um, if they want to work as an official, they can go to our website and they can register online to become a inspector. And when that happens and they do the paperwork and they do the background check, I will be notified because I run that as the chief inspector for California. Um, I will be notified and then I will contact them in regards to them being able to work within the camel organization. Um, if they want to referee and judge, then they will contact Herb Dean or John McCarthy on their websites, look them up and they'll find out when they're having training classes to become a ref judge. What is the thing you look for most when you see a fighter and you know the guy's going to be a success or the girl's going to be a success? What's the thing that catches your eye? Well, a fighter, well, first of all, a fighter that's undefeated. Um, I'm in charge of the state, California state championship belt for amateurs for camo. And so I'm constantly looking for opportunities for people that are in the rankings. If you go to our website, you'll see the rankings of fighters that are ranked from number one down. And I give opportunity to these fighters that are ranked to uh, fight championship state championship fights. Like, for example, on August the 16th, we have several championship fights that will be happening at Epic in San Diego at the Five Point Sheraton off of Arrow Drive. There'll be about five title fights. And then um, I'm looking for basically a guy that's undefeated or a girl that's undefeated. And that right there tells me somebody that is going to possibly be paid to do well in the in the pros i like that what now what advice would you give to guys because i've got people here who are saying i'm you know i know how to fight but i worry about going in the ring or i'm worried about how to do this or i'm worried about crowds what advice do you give them well here's the thing you can't go wrong in the gym because in the gym they do sparring so you go to a local gym you say hey i want to train I know some stuff to say, okay, well, why don't you get in and mix it up with some people that we have here at a lower level and you'll get to spar. You'll have headgear on, you'll have protection, knee pads, and you'll get to see what it's like to get hit and see if you really got what it takes. Because the first thing, if you can't take getting hit, then your, your career is over. 
I mean, you have to be able to take a punch or a kick. I mean, because everyone's going to get punched or kicked. Um, if you can't take that, then you'll never be in the ring or the cage. Um, if you can take a punch or a kick, now do you have what it takes to mix it up and go back and forth and be offensive? But you can go to a gym and do a sparring session and see what you got. And if you can mix it up with some of the people in the gym, you actually have a shot. I like that. I, I got to say, I've got people writing in here. My ex-husband boxed in the army. My brother was a kickboxer. Uh, he was a kickboxing champion. The other was the army boxing champion. And both of them thought MMA was too brutal and didn't want to do it. So if you're moving into MMA, understand you're dealing with some pretty badass dudes. Um, but it's well, a great okay. I'm going to share something with you real quick because there's always been, and I was a boxing person all for many, many years before MMA came in my way, because I didn't like MMA either. And my sister introduced me to it. I found out that boxing and kickboxing are more brutal than MMA. And I'm going to tell you why. It's one simple thing. In boxing and kickboxing, you can get a concussion shot, a concussion blow, go down, have the referee count and let you start fighting again. But in MMA, if you go down and you start getting punched, the referee stops the fight. So one of them, kickboxing and boxing, they make you fight some more, even though you probably already got concussed. But in MMA, they stop it. So to me, MMA is least brutal. Oh, I like that. I'm going to have to tell them that and tell them they're both being wusses. Um, yeah, still so not much. doing it. I know, I know. Still not doing it. They're, they're, there's no way they'll do it. They're just going to smack me. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. But <laughs> we have uh, mm-hmm. about 30 seconds left of the show. I'd love to have you on okay. again. We didn't get to like half the questions that uh, okay. people wanted. Is there any way we can talk into coming on again? Yes, I would love to. I'd love to. I'm going to hold you. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. We're on air. So that, that's, you got that's it. like legally binding. Um, we have about it's 20 binding. seconds left. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say to everyone out there? I just want to say that uh, please go to the website, look up the events, and the tickets are very inexpensive. And I would love for everyone to come out to any of the shows that they see listed on the website. The addresses and locations are there. And when you get out there, please feel free to come up and introduce yourself to me and tell me you heard me on this show. And I'd like to uh, let you get a like VIP treatment of understanding how we do things. That's fantastic. So guys, go say hi to him. Tell him you heard him on the show. And also, I go out to some of these events. So I know you all kind of sometimes weirdly stalk me and some of you are awesome. So come have a look. I'll see you there. I know I'm going to be out on the 16th actually watching your fight. Uh, watching watching your fights there and go say hi to him. He's a really awesome guy. Thank you so yes, much for being you. on the show. All right. Thank you, folks. All right. All right. Guys, thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes. Uh, you know where to find Paul, Militant Moderate. I'm going to mm-hmm. put up all of his stuff. SoundCloud, Stitcher. Apparently, he's still not doing Twitter, so we'll figure I that out. I know you all know where to find me. I'm Summer Helene. I'm on, I'm on Twitter and you, you Twitch me. I'm, I'm going to work. Yeah, we're going to have to fix Twitter. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Paul Michael Bolland, host of the Militant Moderate. Thank you guys very, very much for joining us. Go check it out. And thank you very much to David Denkin. He's over from, he was on here from Camo. We're going to have him on again. We'll see you guys next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.